0: sapiophile. Noun. One who is attracted to intelligence. Join us, fellow fun-loving lover of knowledge, as we dig into your favorite topics with our very own nerdy diatribes, words of wisdom, and takes on life as millennials. Welcome to the sapiophiles. Welcome back this week, listeners. It's been a little bit of a gap, but we are back and excited to talk to you this week. This is Chelsea. And
1: this is Kayla.
0: And you know, you're listening to us on your device, but is your device listening to you? (laughs) Welcome to the Twilight Zone. (laughs) Except not the Twilight Zone. Welcome to the Sapiophiles. Files. Yeah. (laughs) So this week, we are talking about artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence is something that has come up in sci-fi for many, many years. Mm-hmm. And it is something that is becoming more and more real every day. And as, as I'm sure you guys have noticed, when your Facebook seems to know what you were talking about and gives you an ad for it, or when the, uh, the ATM says happy birthday to you.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, God. That's always so creepy.
0: <laughs> or when Amazon sends you a coupon for your cat's birthday... How it knows my cat's birthday, I don't know, but that creeped me out. (laughs) So, you know, artificial intelligence is a thing. It's real. Mm -hmm. And it's here. But what does that mean? Is that necessarily dangerous? Is that good? Is it scary? Somewhere in between, what could it actually do? So we wanted to kind of talk about some of these questions today.
1: I think in a few of our episodes, we've gone over topics where things like social media and technology have had both positive and negative impacts on our daily lives, not just our daily lives, but the lives of those, especially in the genera- generation below us growing up. And so when Chelsea su- suggested this topic, while well, you can tell I'm tired, I can't even speak.
0: Sorry, it's listeners. It's okay, me too. I'm,
1: marathon yeah, and training I, And time. I'm
0: sick. She's doing marathon training and I'm sick. So. <laughs>
1: um, that it was a perfect segue. And, and it really is. I think the cat's birthday thing that you said is the creepiest thing that I've heard about or read about. It's like, how would they know? How would they know? But I think it's... Vet records, that's it. Maybe pet insurance. Right. And I think it's definitely an important topic, especially because of its prevalence right now, uh, not just in, you know, our day-to-day life, but also, I mean, even in the realm of higher education, um, everything from smart cars to if you're playing... You know, something as simple as playing chess against a computer. Um, it's right. its everywhere. And it's been around for a while, but now we're starting to see some things that remind us a little bit about some TV shows and movies that have creeped us out before.
0: Yeah. So are we all going to end up in the Matrix? Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's possible. So let's start with what constitutes AI. AI is anything that can learn and perform traditionally human tasks. Mm-hmm. So AI could be very simple, or AI could be very complex. AI could be your, even like your toaster, because it can cook without you. You push a button. Right. It could be something super simple, or it could be something really complicated. It could be how, you know, Siri knows all of your preferences.
1: <laughs> yes. Siri knows everything. Um,
0: <laughs> she does. She's smart that Siri. And then um, there's a difference between the two main types of AI are, the, are narrow AI and general ai. And when we think about ai, we tend to think about general, but you use narrow ai way more in your life because it's everywhere. Narrow ai is ai designed to do a specific task. You use ai all the time. You when you go to the supermarket and you use the like check yourself out aisle. Um mhm. That's narrow ai. It knows what you are scanning. It can give you the price. It can say, "Please insert your credit card." You know, it can say um please remember to take your receipt. Thank you for shopping at Stop and Shop. <laughs> you know, it knows those things. And it knows, insert your coupon here. Like it knows it knows how to be the, the person at the grocery counter. So in a way that did take over a job. That machine knows how to do that job.
1: Um, another example would be if anybody has ever paid for airport parking or parking anywhere in a garage. And rather than going to the teller, you go to okay. the machine that, because Chelsea oh, yeah. did the voice that like, Please insert $50 in your credit card. Like, you know, it's it, yeah. it talks to you. And I just was at the airport, so that's the first thing. That and possibly... I just was at the supermarket, yeah. so, yeah.
0: Um. So that's narrow AI. Performs a specific task, and we use that everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's on all the different apps that you use. It's on your computer. It's on your TV. It's on your coffee maker. It's everywhere. My coffee maker tells me when it's time to change the water. Like, it, it just tells me.
1: Oh, yeah. It blinks and everything. I...
0: No, mine mine's like a newer one, it actually says like change water. Oh really? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I my Keurig kinda died and I got the new I got the new one and it has like a little screen and it actually like talks it tells you what to do. Wow. That's narrow AI, it has one job. General AI is AI that is designed to be able to outperform humans across the board. Which that's where we get dangerous. That's where we get into that sci-fi concept. And then it brings up those questions well, can it take over the job market? Can a robot do your job better than you are? What about the things that we feel like are safe? Like the creative things, can it do that? Um, robots have written music. When, you know,
1: when did this have? happen? That creeps me out more because for some reason, I thought the creative arts would save us all from this.
0: <laughs> well, the creative arts for the most part, robots can't do it to the same extent, but they can study a lot of different styles of music and they can kind of reorganize it and compose their own that is in a particular style.
1: That's creepy and interesting.
0: But so, like, even creative fields not totally safe. I think where we have AI beat is in the realm of empathy, because I don't know how you would teach a computer empathy. Right. But that also brings up questions that there's movies that come up with that, like, um, like Ex Machina.
1: That's a great movie.
0: Great movie, but it brings up the question of like, well, once they're intelligent enough to feel, are they even artificial anymore? Right. So there's that, you know, you can, you can kind of question like, okay, well, what is real and what's not real? And when it can take over all of these things, you know, what's even safe anymore? And what, what can we do?
1: So it's interesting you brought up the film just because to me, I'm wondering if AI could ever actually feel because I feel like mm-hmm. feeling is a total human thing. Yeah. Um. Or if AI would simply emote as if feeling, um, so, sort of like someone's a sociopath. Um,
0: yeah. Because well, we could create brilliant sociopaths. Right. That's AI.
1: that's what I'm thinking. Like yeah. because I don't know if they ever could truly emote or if they could just sorry ever truly feel truly feel, but they could emote as if reacting to something that would make them feel a certain something if they were human. Um, yeah. Just based on behaviors and like analyzing everybody else's reactions to things.
0: Right. So that's interesting. So I think that that is the one area where I don't know how they would actually get to that level. But yep. you never know. I you also really never feel
1: know. that I hope at some point that there's a, a turnaround and that people end up holding positions in the near future that. AI have been holding for the past few years, mm-hmm. a couple decades, because from what I'm hearing from a lot of individuals, they they see the benefit of AI in that it makes things more efficient. But if any of you have, if any of you have paid bills or your Navient student loans, and you've had to sit and listen to this automated voice tell you all your options and what to do. Like, there's a point when you just want that human voice that you can tell is real yeah. and genuine talking to you, even if they have bad news. Um, yeah. I I just think that we're losing so much of personal contact. Um, we are. We totally By are. using AI that, yes, maybe things are less efficient, but at what human cost are we making efficiency?
0: You you miss that, in, that human quality of it. You aren't able to really communicate. You can interact with a menu. Mm-hmm. But that's different than communicating. So we have all these questions like, could AI be dangerous? Could it, could it create these different realities for us where we're missing human contact and um, it's taking over jobs? And it, what if it can organize? What if all the machines can get together and they can organize? Um, did you hear the study a couple years ago about the Facebook study with the machines who created Unlanguage? No. No. So, I did read some fact checks on it, and it wasn't as extreme as it sounded at the time. A lot of it was clickbait, mm-hmm. but Facebook, a few years ago, created some bots that their job was to negotiate the best deal, because I guess they were trying to, I, I'm not sure what it was for, but it was like they were negotiation bots, and like they teach it what they want and like what you can say to the other bots.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So... This bot would want only hats, and this bot would want only shoes or whatever mm-hmm. it was just trying to get them to learn how to negotiate and when they did that, they would start talking in English, but then once the bots because they don't have any tie to the actual English language mm-hmm. so once the bots started figuring out what they wanted, they would make shortcut languages they'd be like me 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 that like and then it some of it it started as like, okay almost, like, text-speak, and then it kept going. It's more like they kept making slang. What? They kept making, like, more and more slang that, like, it was English words, but they were totally out of order, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. But they But they were doing their deals faster.
1: But they understood each other. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which is pretty creepy that they can kind of create their entire dialect mm-hmm. without us. And they did pull the plug on that for the purpose of these were designed to interact with humans, to negotiate with humans. So they needed them to keep speaking English. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were able, those bots were able to figure out a shortcut language. And I mean, the clickbait was all like they invented their own language and they were taking over. It wasn't quite as dramatic as that, but they started reorganizing the words and changing how they were saying it. Mm -hmm. And this happened a couple years ago. So it's, it's interesting what they can do. Computers are so smart. They are able to do so many things. And if you if you think about how much computing power you have in your phone or in your TV or in really anything, in your car, you're, like everything that you look at has computing power if it's electronic for the most part, not everything, almost
1: everything. And it's interesting. Um, when you mentioned computing power, there's a line from Timeless I'm thinking of. I was just thinking yeah, of the same episode. Um, where... They go back to the moon landing, and one of the characters is talking about the computer system that they were using. And I can't remember her exact line. It's like, we use a whole X number of what? Oh, I remember what it was. Okay. So,
0: when they they go to the moon landing and they meet Katherine Johnson, amazing figure in history, by the way.
1: Does not Um, get enough credit.
0: She doesn't, because she was a black woman in the 60s. Right. So, but... She's amazing. Um they find her and they need her to help them use like the antiquated computer system. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Well, this is this is our mainframe that we're using to launch the guys to the moon and has 2 whole megabytes <laughs>
1: of information." Yes.
0: You know what 2 megs is? Guys, guys,
1: I'm looking at all my documents. Like my expense report was 50 KB. <laughs> like in an Excel document.
0: <laughs> I had to by the upgrade conversion thing, because I'm often over 500 megs on, an, on a single episode. Yeah. So you realize how little that was that they landed
1: on the moon with two, two megs? It's, it's the size of, so two megabytes is, if you were to download a JPEG of around 4,000 by 3,000 image, um, that's two megabytes that's yeah. 2 megabytes just to put it in perspective for like everybody. Yeah. And they sent So the fact to the that moon they
0: they launched back. They they launched a ship to the moon on 2 yes. megs. But now you have so much storage and data and everything you have ability to use technology in a great way, but also in a dangerous way perhaps. Mm-hmm. So, let's talk about what the computer, your phone, Facebook, Google, what they actually know about you. It's a lot, guys. <laughs> so just be, just be ready for, like, mind-blown everything that they know. Like I mentioned before, they knew my cat's birthday. The only place they could possibly have gotten that was vet records or the insurance company. <laughs> your accounts obviously collect your basic information, name, age, address, phone number, social security number. But they also keep records of, even when you delete things, they keep records of anything you've ever done on a computer anything you've ever searched for every comment you've ever posted on anything, emails, files, it monitors your schedule. Ever noticed that your phone tells you you should drive to this place now.
1: Yeah. My, my phone also tells me if I'm close to a coffee shop, it's like, are you heading to Gourmet donuts? Because it knows I go there because
0: it knows you like coffee. (laughs) It learned that you like coffee Mm -hmm. shops, my phone. It knows that like, on Tuesday afternoons, I have rehearsals, so I should be driving in this direction and not that direction. <laughs> like, it's, it knows all these weird things. And it says, like, here's a faster route to where I think you're going to go next. Um, so it monitors where you are. It knows exactly where you are. Actually, you can look up. There are ways to look through your Google Maps settings. And it will tell you everywhere your phone has been. Oh, boy. Even if you weren't driving. Even if you didn't, like, set it up to, like, GPS you to somewhere. It will tell you, like, you went here, then you went here, then you went here, then you... As long as your phone was with you, it knows where you are. Which, cool, creepy. (laughs) I mean, if you need to get out of... um, If you need to prove that you didn't commit a murder or something, that's good for you. But if you did, you're screwed. Yeah. Um, It knows all of that. And, of course, it makes ads that are targeted to you. Mm -hmm. So this is a big thing, especially on Facebook. Facebook tends to whatever you were just talking about, whatever you looked up, whatever, anything you, if you had any contact with anything about it, it tends to take those things and put them into ads specifically for you. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it does this by figuring out what kind of posts you interact with and making predictions about your preferences. It guesses things like your political affiliations. It guesses things like your beliefs in different areas. It guesses things like what you're going to need at this point in your life. Um, You know, you're going to see, if you're our age, you're going to see things about renting or buying. You're going to see things about student loans. You're going to see lots of things that are just geared towards early 30s um, because they do group you in that way. They also group you based on the different news sources that you've looked at. So if you are somebody who consistently reads Left leaning news, they're going to give you ads that lean that way. If you're someone who consistently reads right leaning news, they're going to give you ads that lean that Mm -hmm. way. So they pay attention to these things. And a lot of times they make guesses. It's not all things that you have clicked on. Now, on all of these, you do click on, I like this, I like this, you like pages, and it, it uses that. But I looked through mine and it had a couple of guesses of things that I thought I liked that I have not heard of. Okay. A lot of it was right. A lot of what they had for me was right. My ads categories included things like health and fitness, um, theater, Mm -hmm. word games, (laughs) word games, yeah, uh, news, country music, sci-fi TV shows, college humor, The Bachelorette, (laughs) cat lady. He called it like there's like a group for cat ladies (laughs) that it somehow put me in. But then it also had me in some things that. I don't know where it got like it had me in a Kardashians group I've never once watched the Kardashians (laughs) it had me in a I don't even know how to pronounce this um Badu do you know who that is Mm -mm. E-R-Y-K-A-H-B-A-D-U I don't know what that is but they think I like it uh Telemundo Spanish informational TV maybe
1: because of Jane the Virgin
0: probably it does have romance novels in there, too, which I do like as romance novels themselves. But I guess, yeah, Jane the Virgin, it thinks you have, like, the um, yeah. the Spanish mm-hmm. piece.
1: How do I find this on mine? Because I want to see what mine are.
0: Go into settings. On, like, the right, top right corner, that, like, drop-down little arrow.
1: Settings, got it.
0: Go on the left bar to ads. Okay. And then you can click through all of those things there. Should I go
1: into my interests? Okay. Yeah,
0: interest is what it thinks that you have, and some of it is pages you've liked, but some of it is other things. Okay. It also tells you advertisers who have given your okay. info, and I have. I'm in a lot of car companies. A lot of car companies have okay, my info. Okay, so
1: advertisers who have my info: Toyota, Spectrum Pain Management, interesting <laughs> with my mm. hip, <laughs> um, Dodge, um, supermarket, cool outdoor gadgets. I had Imagine Snacks. Okay, things that I like in news and enter- entertainment. Makes Sense, um, NPR, Game of Thrones, Veronica Mars, Criminal Minds, Women's Health, Horror Movies, Wine and Spirits, Hallmark Channel, Gilmore Girls, Aladdin. <laughs> G- gambling, which is like completely like that must have been like a guess because not so much. Travel in Places has me on Half Marathon, Marathons, Tourism, Home, Travel, Booking.com, the National World War Two Museum, Lake Winnipesaukee, South Shore, Massachusetts, Harpoon Brewery. There we go. <laughs> There's the beer. <laughs> Vegas. That's why I have the gambling things. I posted pictures in Vegas, um, uh, even though I didn't gamble at all. Nature, mm-hmm. hotels, horses, bird watching, televisions, photography, knitting. <laughs> I can't knit. Um, racing, animal rights, women's rights, learning apparently is one. Well, yeah, writing, yeah. the ocean, zip lining, creativity, dinosaurs. <laughs> Wait. Old age is one, which I think is hilarious. So mine for hobbies,
0: I have dogs, spas, cats, automobiles, home appliances, nature, kittens, <laughs> life extension, support the troops, summer, personality tests, television, photography, fine art, fish, learning, calories, <laughs> <laughs> pet sitting, alcohol, <laughs> drums, writing, acting, hair dryers, <laughs> hair dryer. filmmaking, windows, windows, yeah, windows. Current events, nostalgia, festivals, stress and biology.
1: I have that reading too. Stress and biology. Yeah. And ski resorts.
0: Physical strength. This goes on and on forever. Yeah. Uh, intelligence, Thanksgiving, sunlight, baritones. Baritones.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I have Rottweilers just as one category. <laughs> Rottweilers.
0: Thursdays. Thursdays. Wow. Um, this is
1: hilarious.
0: So listeners, you can find this by clicking on the upper right corner of your Facebook, that little drop down arrow. Go to settings, and then on the left menu go to ads. Click on your interest, and there's all those toggles that you can toggle between. You can look through those and that will help you.
1: I think yeah, it's they're they're pretty they're pretty on, except I know
0: It's not bad. I have some weird ones. There's going to be weird ones. But overall, I feel like these are not totally wrong. No. They just make, ir- like, irresponsible guesses sometimes. Uh-huh. So overall, yes, they do have a lot of information on us. I'm not too concerned with what they have on me because it is things that are, like, posts that I interact with for the most part. Yeah, I mean... Some of their guesses are a little irrational and strange, but whatever. Um, it starts to creep me out when they know, like, personal details.
1: I, I agree. I'm not. I'm not all that creeped out by the fact that they're posting ads that I might be interested in. In some mm-hmm. cases, they're actually quite helpful. But yeah, I think it. The line is drawn when it gets too personal. That's me. Why I don't have my phone number on Facebook. There's no reason. I don't for have it my phone number there. either.
0: And also, I go back through my privacy settings oh, a lot too. and make sure they're still private yeah. because they will
1: keep changing mm-hmm. that. There's also if your accounts are linked. So if your Instagram is linked to your Facebook or your Pinterest, um, you also might be getting ads that way as well. So if you have a, um, I'll go for the most stereotypical female board out there, a future wedding, um, board on Pinterest, but you haven't posted anything about that on Facebook, but your Pinterest account is linked to Facebook, then you'll probably get a lot of diamond ring ads on Facebook too. Right. Right.
0: But I mean, you know, we do interact with computers a lot. It does make sense that they would figure out things about us. It just becomes an issue, like, when does it get to be too much? When does it get to be
1: just full invasion of privacy? I think it's interesting to discuss and think about because I feel as though the invasion of privacy is insidious. It's not so much that all of a sudden computers know all of this about us. It's that it's just been a very slow crawl, even though... Outside looking in, technology has advanced so much, even just thinking back to when we were in high school, shells versus now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it's not like computers just started taking data from people. And I think it's so slow from that perspective that people aren't even recognizing and thinking about how crazy it is that it can do this <laughs> now at this point.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: It's almost like you hear that story about um, not that you never do this. This is disgusting and inhumane. But people have said that if you put a frog and you slowly heat up the water. Yes. um, It's kind of like that type of thing. Like you don't realize it's happening until it's already there. So don't do that, listeners. Don't do that. Don't. I, I guess if we're going on what they know about us. I'm not saying that you should obsessively do this, but it wouldn't hurt everybody who is listening to Google themselves and just see what pops oh, you, up yeah. because ideally you want it to be all things that you're proud of and going yes. through and making sure that nothing's popping up that would be incriminating in any way. And I'm not talking like big incriminating. I'm talking like you wouldn't be proud if your boss found it. Um, I think that's always important because the stuff that right. Google can pull out, as well just because it's all connected is a little bit scary
0: well google knows your location Mm -hmm. from your phone
1: it does like at this point that was scary to me too that i can now type in um if i'm trying to do an expense report and i need to figure out how many miles it took to go from my house to logan airport i can just type in home to logan airport and it automatically pops up my address
0: well, home, that doesn't freak me out that much because you, you entered that at some yes, point. Yes, but, but like still, your address is like in place. the
1: fact that it can do it that quickly. It doesn't even like blink. It's just like, yep, got this.
0: Power of technology.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so I guess let's go to this. Um, what are some AI in fiction favorites and do we think that there's any reality to any of them ever being a thing? Mm. So, you know, one example of AI in a film that goes to an extreme is The Matrix. And in that movie, the computers have completely taken over and they have confused us. And we're just being used as batteries and we're being fed this world where we think we know what's going on, but we don't. It's just images being played through our heads. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how do we know that we're not there? And how do we know that we won't get there? That's an interesting thing to think about as well. You know, I think that it's unfortunately possible if we continue to make smarter and smarter AI that decide to take over, that actually is a, you know, humans have a lot of energy in them. That actually is a great power source for them. Mm -hmm. And I could honestly foresee that being a thing if we aren't careful with how we are creating this AI. AI is great, but AI also, I think, needs to be contained. Because you could create a race of brilliant sociopaths who are far more brilliant than any human has ever been. Right. It's, it's a little scary, but I mean, I think things like the matrix are an extreme of what could mm-hmm. happen, but I think if we aren't careful, that very well could happen. And that brings me the question, how do you know that your reality is your reality? But then we get into all kinds of these philosophical discussions and you know, that's, that's another episode. mm mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Of course, everybody thinks of, like, Agent Smith. And then, of course, there are people that think of Ultron automatically with AI. um, And T-800, the Terminator. Um, As silly as it sounds, I mean, like, the ones that I most... I I have the most background knowledge about, other than the characters in the Matrix, are... I mean, Star Wars, C-3PO, and R2-D2 are AI. But I also have another one that is interesting, although... Some of our listeners might not know it, so I will try not to give it away too much. But if you watch the show The 100 on Netflix, in one of the seasons, they introduce a character called um, Allie. And her purpose was originally to help with analyzing codes and information to prevent the apocalypse on Earth. Um, the Nuclear Apocalypse and she ended up getting a mind of her own and deciding that her artificial world once she got everybody into it was better and safer than the world that she was trying to save and ended up having her own agenda so it's this AI character that is basically trying to seduce people into her worlds because it's there's no cares, everybody's happy and everything and um, your body is still present in the real world, but your brain is completely somewhere else. So it's, it's a way of tricking someone being into a different world that other than their own through the guise of it being a perfect world. So that's, that one freaks me out too. The, the idea that yeah. AI could potentially talk individuals into joining this faux utopia through their minds even if their bodies weren't present in it, that makes sense. Yeah. That was, that really creeped me out. That season was very, very scary to watch because of how much it (laughs) went. That's pretty
0: crazy. I have not seen that, but that's pretty crazy. The 100
1: is a phenomenal show. If anybody feels like they want to watch a dystopian show, so good.
0: I eventually will. It's on my eventually to binge Mm -hmm. list. Another thing that I can think of, and I don't know if anybody's read this, it's a short story um, by Ray Bradbury. Um, and in that story, there is a house that basically does all the work for the people. The house cooks, the house cleans, the house dresses you. And then there's this room in the kid's nursery because they don't have to do anything for themselves. They have this, these wild imaginations and the room reflects their imagination where they end up in this like African safari. And the crazier their imagination gets, the crazier the room gets to where it actually becomes mm-hmm. deadly towards them. So I also you know I I think that's a really great short story um and it's from a long time ago and it could even foresee these things but I you know that also kind of brings into the question like at what point when can the technology reflect our emotions at what point can the technology perceive anything like an emotion like it kind of goes back to what we were talking mm-hmm. before with like in Ex Machina when that was like the question in that like do they have emotions mm-hmm. Could the technology be picking up on us, or are we picking up on the technology? And it's kind of this whole big circle, like what comes first, kind of thing.
1: Right. And then in the case of something like Bradbury's, like I, I don't see how the room could actually become deadly in the sense that it could, it couldn't create a scorpion that actually, you know, poisoned someone. But could it? But well, could it? It, psych- it kind of does it psychosomatically create a scorpion that poisoned someone. Like, if you were so engrossed, could you actually mentally think that you're poisoned?
0: Perhaps. Um, Perhaps. I don't know how exactly they purport that it works in that, but it does actually become, like, where it will come Oh, no. Like, no,
1: I I understand that part. I just, yeah. I'm just saying for argument's sake of reality, I don't think that's possible.
0: Unless it was attached to, like, mechanical things that could physically harm right.
1: Um. Yeah. A, a little bit tamer version of that is if anybody's ever seen Smart House on Disney Channel um that was also a i which was more about the a i creating a perfect home life for these kids and the a i taking over the position of their mother and but then to the point of being so have you seen Smart House? no. Oh, it was a Disney Channel original movie. So anybody that's seen things like Luck of the Irish and the Lizzie McGuire movie and those kind of things, it was in that same time frame. Okay. Um, so Smart House, it, it was interesting. Like I've it, seen
0: Lizzie McGuire.
1: Yeah, it, it really made you think because by the end, this AI is so controlling and it really believes that it's their mother figure, but it's completely messed up. So it's 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 kind of cool. And Disney used to be more hardcore and edgy when we were growing up. Um yeah. But I did. anyway, I digress. But that's a tamer version that some of our listeners might remember if they were huge Disney Channel original fans like I was.
0: So lots lots of food for thought on AI. Um, I think it's really interesting. I think that it's something that we should all be aware of, like what information you're actually giving these devices. Um, you know, anytime you type anything into a web browser or your Facebook or Google or anything, it is collecting data on you. Mm -hmm. Um, And it depends on what you're okay with sharing and what you're not. I would say a big takeaway is check your privacy settings on everything because they will default to sharing all your information.
1: Delete cache cookies, browsing history. Um, That's important too.
0: So really like anything that you don't want found about you, make sure it's cleared and know that things do exist somewhere once they exist
1: yes especially if we have any young listeners just be so careful with what you share online or through any form yeah, of media yeah. just because it's gone in what 10 seconds on snapchat that doesn't mean it's gone forever just mm-hmm. be so careful yeah i i will tell this quick story i guess as a wrap up just one thing that i love among many things about my aunt lynn is that she Appreciates and understands technology, while still trying to hold on to the fact that she has her own mind and that it's a brilliant mind. It's a mind that has the ability to critically think and to remember past lessons, whether they be from school or from life, and or both, depending on um, the topic in question. But one thing that she has me do and she kind of has me in this habit of doing now is if I have a question and I pose the question out loud, um, either to myself or to someone else, I try to think of the answer myself or look it up in a book before I Google it. Because I feel as though dependence on AI, even if none of the scary futures like The Matrix or um, Terminator come to pass that the scary thing about AI is just how dependent we be, can become upon it and less yeah. dependent on our own minds. So my aunt always says, don't Google it, let me answer it, or don't Google it, you try to think of it. And it's something that I've tried to just put into practice, because oftentimes I do know the answer, and or she knows the answer, and I don't need to ask a computer. Right. And that's just something that I've tried to do, not to like combat the AI, but to make sure that I still understand and appreciate that. I have a really great head on my shoulders and we all should remember that too, that we can't be dependent on this.
0: Yeah. You know, keep growing your brain, keep learning, keep using your brain the way it was designed to be learned, designed to be used. I can't talk today. Um, keep using your brain, you know, don't necessarily make a computer do all the work for you. Mm -hmm. And even though it can, it's a good backup when you need something, Trust your brain first, like go with your gut first, see see what it does.
1: And I know humorously enough, I want to say it was when I was in D.C. last week for our work conference, I was laying in bed and I couldn't think of the capital of one of our U.S. states, but I didn't Google it. And then I woke up at 2.30 in the morning and I was like, Bismarck, like I, I remembered it, <laughs> but... I refuse to Google it because I'm like, I have this in my brain. I know I do. And if I fall asleep thinking about it, maybe I'll remember. So that's just, that's a humorous example. And I'm not saying get yourself up at three in the morning every, every night, just slash morning to try to remember these things. But like Chelsea said, pay attention to what your, your gut is telling you, what your brain is telling you and, and trust that you have the intellectual capability to problem solve on your own without the use of computers.
0: You know, we've had kind of like a very computer awareness kind of thing lately. We had like effects of social media last time and what is AI doing? Um, So, you know, this is the world we live in. Use it to the best of your ability, but you use it. Don't let it use you.
1: Ooh, yes.
0: Yes, my words of wisdom.
1: Excellent words of wisdom.
0: When I'm tired and on antibiotics that make me seem kind of dumb.
1: (laughs) You, You don't seem or sound dumb
0: i feel like my brain's going slower it's okay more slowly more slowly
1: (laughs) and if any of you have i guess favorite or favorites that are kind of scary to you ai fictional characters from movies tv shows books let us know because we're sure to check them out and -hmm. if you have any other topics that you are dying to have us discuss please let us know that too because Yes, we can use our incredible brains without using Google to come up with topics, but it's really exciting when people give us topics to talk about because then we know that you're engaging too.
0: I use my brain and Google, honestly.
1: Word. (laughs) (laughs) But you know that you're using Google. Google's not using you.
0: I'm using Google. I'm in charge here. Yeah, you are. Who's in charge? I'm in charge. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: So be in charge of your technology listeners yes you can do it all right have a fantastic week let us know what we can do to help expand your brains with topic suggestions
1: and um we will see you next time see you next time everybody
0: thanks for putting your ai device to use this week and listening to our episode As always, if you would like to suggest a topic, reach out to us, join the conversation. You can find us at sapiophilespodcasts at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at The Sapiophiles. You can find us in the iTunes store, or you can find us in any app that you use to listen to this show. Have a great week, and as always, stay tuned.